Well, welcome back to episode four of the In Between. It's one of these points. I'm going to have to stop saying what the episode actually is because I will just straight up forget. Especially when you're going to say episode four. Yeah, a new hope. A new hope. Immediately, that's where we are. We're at new hope. You are such a nerd. I am such a nerd. Um. Anyway, uh, we are uh, in the in the Holy Week, the Passion Week, the the week before Easter. Um, and there's there's a lot of things going on right now, um, so it's it's uh, this this will actually be airing on on Good Friday. Um, wow, that's kind of a fun thing to think about. Um, that um, you know we're recording this beforehand, but this is actually going to be coming out on Good Friday. So just as a as a as a reminder, um, I think in every we've talked about it every single time in every one of these. Uh, podcast we're we're wanting to connect last week um to the the coming week um the or last sunday to the coming sunday and um i i think that that's that's probably most certainly the case during this week this week is so um important to our faith remembering what happened in this week is is kind of the reason for our hope not kind of. It is the reason for our there hope. You go. There you go. <laughs> and, um, yeah, there you go. And and so this, what we're celebrating this week is uh, incredibly important. And um, we were talking about that that tie uh, between the two. And and one of the things that was uh, jumping out um, was the idea that last week we talked about in in Palm Sunday in Jesus actually coming um, down the the road uh, from Bethany um, down the Mount of Olives. Um, actually, being able to picture this in my head is mm-hmm. a fantastic thing. So there's a little plug for um, 2021 when we go to Israel. Lord again, willing, Lord willing, um, and the COVID goes away. But uh, being able to to picture him coming in and coming in. Uh, that gate and and being able to to see the crowds uh, gathering around him, um, and you know this this Messiah this uh, as they said the prophet um, on a, a donkey's foal um, the this uh, um, humble I mean I can't I can't imagine like the the humility of Jesus Christ. Um, the the son of God the Father, the only begotten, um, who rules and reigns, who is uh, everything is made through him and by him, um, and without him nothing was made that is made. Um, the light of the world, the word of God, all of those things like him him uh, taking on flesh as we talk about in uh, Christmas and and becoming man and. All of that is a picture of his humility, but I, I, I was struck anew um, as we were talking about this of, of him coming um, on this donkey, this symbol of peace, um, that, that he was um, coming in peace and with peace and bringing peace, um, and the, the humility of that when, when in his mind he knows that's not the way it's going to happen the next time. Mm-hmm. And the the I guess in my mind the the reminder that uh, this wasn't the way that we would have done it. Yeah. Um, I would have I would have had my king riding in on a horse, already ready for war and um, coming to declare his victory 
over all these things because he was. That's what he was doing. Um, it just wasn't in the way that we expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and and almost every step of this week that we um, are going through is another step where he is not doing it the way that we would do it. You know, he uh, talks about uh, destroying the temple and he'll he'll rebuild it in three days. And what does that even mean? You know, on on that side of the resurrection and and then um, the. Uh, um, last supper with him washing his disciples feet when they're arguing about who's going to be the greatest. Um, and then him, uh, even washing Judas's feet who he knows is going to betray him and sending Judas out to betray him. And then being, uh, allowing himself to be captured, um, by people that can't even stand up when he says that it's him. Right. Um, and, and then, you know, not, <laughs> not getting just irate with the Pharisees when they're mock trialing him and, and telling Pontius Pilate plainly uh, what the truth is, but um, not overwhelming him with his glory (laughs) as he could have. And then being crucified. All of these steps are not what we would have written. Mm -hmm. And as we get into the resurrection on Sunday, it's, it's again, not what we would have written. Yeah. I think that's a, as we, as we look at those kind of examples, I think it's a fun question and honestly a good apologetic. So in, just in case you're not aware, like apologetic meaning a defense, an explanation uh, of, of rationality of what we believe and why we believe it. And so if you're, um, I've always thought an interesting one, an interesting apologetic for Jesus as a whole but then in particular, the death, burial, resurrection would be, um, like, is, uh, this isn't something that I think we would have come up with. So, yeah. if I mean, Paul, if you were inventing a religion, yeah, how would you have had this play out? I mean, how would you make this happen? Yeah, I think, well, first, one of the things that we've talked about, well, even, even when we were back when we were in the book of John, first, I probably would have gathered everybody together, and we would have made sure to all say, Exactly the same yes, thing, right, exactly, exactly the same way. Yes. You know, this idea of, we, okay, we know if we all just kind of go out there and just start throwing stuff out, it's going to be pretty quick that we're all making this up because we're not going to align on anything. And so to, yeah. to, to collude beforehand and to put it all into kind of one fashion, you know, certainly I think would be. You mean all the, like all the writers, mm-hmm, you'd have gotten everyone yeah. together, mm-hmm. smoke-filled room. Okay, let's all agree on how this played out. So when not one of us is saying the fig tree died the next day and. Mm-hmm. Another one saying the fig tree died immediately. We don't, we don't want any of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or even yeah, the the idea about you know when is what what time frame is this you know happening on dawn or right before dawn or right mm-hmm. after dawn? You know, even even the looseness in the language that gives question, even if it isn't actually loose, even if it, the actual event was when it was, and right. all three of those possibilities are is included in that. I wouldn't want even somebody to have that ability to even kind of try to poke a hole in it or yep. guess, you know, I think I would try to put it all into yes. one clean, <clears throat> clean sweep and make sure everybody's saying the same thing. Makes sense. Yeah. That's one thing you would do because you don't want, you don't want Mark saying there's one man at the tomb and Matthew saying there's two men at the tomb and Luke saying there's an angel at the tomb and John saying there's two angels at the tomb. Right. You wouldn't want that to happen. Um, I mean, hypothetically. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because you would, that's, if you're inventing it, 
you know, now we can look at it and, and we find great value in the lack of collusion. Mm-hmm. But at the time you're inventing a story, you would not allow for that. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think even too, the idea of who you're selling it to, mm-hmm. you know, who you're trying to convince in this. Right. And so thinking about the original audience and who they're trying to do it, then, you know, if I was making this up, I wouldn't have the women as the first witnesses. Right. Um, that is extremely unique uh, that they're listed in such an important role as the witnesses, um, the first witnesses. And, and again, probably too many at the time, the moment they heard that and they heard they're, you know, basing it all off of this woman's assumption or what she thinks she's seen. I'm sure a lot of people then immediately discredited it right from the get go. Yep. That's good. So you wouldn't, at the resurrection, you certainly wouldn't have women being the first witnesses. No. Not that, but not back then. I don't talk about now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now yeah. it wouldn't matter. But then you wouldn't have done it that way. Yeah. Okay. What are, what are some other things that you would, let's focus in on the resurrection. If you were making it up, I mean, I think we could hammer that last week all day long. We've talked about, or I've talked about how the, um, the maybe one of the greatest disappointing moments in all of human history is when all this crowd follows him into the temple. Mm-hmm. And in Mark, it says he looked around and then went back home. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we're, what's that? Wait, wait, yours best coming up here to declare yourself. And now he just turns and walks through the crowd and is like, oh, I'm kind of tired. I think I'll go rest till back tomorrow. And so, um, I think we could spend all week picking apart how, if, if the disciples were inventing a religion, mm-hmm. they did a terrible job during the Passion Week. I mean, it's one, one mistake after another that, that causes us to scratch our head. What about, let's focus in on the resurrection. What, what, would, you be, what would you make different about the resurrection itself if you were inventing a resurrection? So really Jesus died. We blew it. Okay, so we're, we're Peter, James, and yeah. John sitting here. Listen, we went all in with this Jesus character. He got arrested. They killed him. Uh, we, this, this is going to make no sense, but I will go with it. We, the three of us, stole the body. Yep. We've got a con we're going to try to hit on here where maybe we can make a living as con artists selling this new religion. What do we need to make sure? It's interesting that you said make a living selling this con artist thing. Yeah, see, that's why it falls apart because they all they, they, they all, pretty much all, they all made died. a yeah made they all get killed for it made a death <laughs> <laughs> right exactly. Uh, I mean, John got to live in isolation on Patmos for a while. Yeah, he so, did. He got to I mean, be in you know boiled in oil or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, no. no, I think I think one of the things is I would have known that he was coming back. <laughs> yeah, okay, you know, that's a good. If point. I was gonna if I was gonna make up this religion, I would have made sure that I was there whenever he came out of the grave because he told us what he was going to. So my, yeah, that would be bad. Might, might, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that I was present for said event <laughs> that I knew he told me it was going to happen. Yeah. That might be number one. I mean, if we were writing it, we wouldn't want to look like total morons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like none of us, none of us believed him. None of us thought he was going to be raised from the dead. Pretty so much none of us were there when he was. Cowering yeah, and uh, and we still don't really understand it when we're talking about it. Right. I mean, this is this is this is one of the things that uh, N.T. Wright in his book uh, Future Hope mentions the concept of how all four gospel accounts. One of the strange things that they all seem to be lacking is they lack a future hope application of this. Yeah, they're true. They're truly telling a story of what happened. They're not solving and telling how all those pieces fall into line. Right. and 
and even even one of the unique things he cites is is the lack of Old Testament scriptures cited during mm. these accounts. Oh, that's a good point. During the resurrection. Um, during the resurrection, the rest of their gospels, it's 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 all throughout the place. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to this, it's truly they're not citing back and they're not pointing forward because they're just telling a story. They really are probably just drawing back on the oral traditions of the Jewish faith and they're telling the account of the story in which that they saw. So we get together. We're going to invent this religion around this Jesus character mm-hmm. who we hid his body. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. And then all died knowing, tortured to death, and none of us gave this up. So, yeah, that's absurd. But if we were inventing it, we would want to come across as getting him. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. get, we really understand it. Um, maybe in some way his resurrection would serve us, the, the three of us or the 12 of us, in some significant special way. Right. That would help. Yeah. Rather than creating a nightmare for the rest of our lives, which is what really happened. Um, yeah, I think I think an important one for me was, I was also like, I, w- I would want Jesus' reappearance and, and his show showing up to be dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, the most dramatic thing we get is him kind of vanishing into the sky in front of a handful of people. Mm-hmm. But even that doesn't feel dramatic the way it's described. It's almost like, he just suddenly rises up and he's gone, and they don't understand what's going on, and they're standing around, kind of slack-jawed and confused. Like, they don't understand what's going on. I think I would have wanted a, a more clear political commentary yeah. in him coming back, like um, some more clear declarations about where he stood on certain topics. Like, that would matter to me. We don't get, we don't get any of that. Mm-mm. We don't, he barely references, in fact, I think, does he reference the Roman Empire after his resurrection? I can't think of a place where he does. No. Does he reference any social ill other than that we're supposed to go make, that his disciples are supposed to go make disciples? I can't remember any, even that. No. Does he, he doesn't condemn slavery. He doesn't condemn inequality. He doesn't, and I, I, I certainly would have had him doing that. Yeah. I mean, saying something about maybe his political stance. Um, if nothing else, he just would have been transfigured the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, the kind of glowing revelation. Yeah. What, what they saw on the mountaintop would be what everybody else saw the rest of the time. Because that really would have helped Doubting Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that the gospel writers present him in a very normalized physical form. Yeah. Know, just seems like again if if i was going to try to convince somebody or sell something of it uh, i don't think i would present them in the physical form i think i would yeah. leave it up to the even the grandness of it the grandness of this now god and spirit who can come and do mm. all these things and and even um even again for this for the sake of talking about the less physical so that they can't be like well then if he's physical where is he like what is he doing now you know like yeah. it even leaves in those holes to have to now answer it's yeah, we would definitely not want it to be verifiable. Mm-hmm. The whole body question is way too verifiable for a cult. Like, once they take their stance, there's no body. Um, if anyone turns up with it, you're in trouble. You're, you're done. I mean, you're in huge trouble, right? Especially that early on. Yeah, I don't and like they never do. No one ever does, ever. And everyone's motivated to do so. Yeah. Um, highly motivated to do so. No one ever does. Well, talk about that Sunday for sure. I think you would also want to hand write in some kind of mystery that just the three of us is just for us. That we kind of get and nobody else gets. Right. Yeah. And and it can't be something that can be spread. It, it has to continue to rest with us 
forever. And we're the only ones who are able to do that. And I'm trying to even think, I can't even think of language that really could be twisted to make it sound that way. It's Instead, it's very much so like, no, no, go, go get this word out. This is for everyone. Finally. He spends his entire life telling people not to say anything. That's and true. now it's finally time. Another good point. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, this would be, and, and who, I mean, I, I remember thinking the same thing, like, it is so clear that his physical presence is significant to them. They have him eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can touch his touch wounds. Yep. Um, I did think, I'm trying to think, I think there was a movie recently that had this where, you know, when he suddenly appears in their midst, that whole thing, and they presented that as like there's kind of a flash of light, and then suddenly yep. he's there, which that feels too much like Boom. A, yeah, a pin and Teller moment. <laughs> like we, we threw something in your eyes, and then Batman disappeared type of I've never pictured it that way. They don't describe it that way. It's like it's like they're all talking and suddenly one turns to the right and Jesus is now there. <laughs> I think that would be startling to say the least, but it's not dramatic. Mm-hmm. And then he eats something. I mean, why would that's such a big deal to them that he's so normal rather than bronze hair, I mean bronze eyes and flaming feet and glowing hair and, and none of the fullness. So yeah, I'm gonna have to give him a, I mean a C minus on inventing no, a religion. That's a, Maybe it's a, a D. A like D. That it, it, you're yeah. <laughs> At inventing a religion, they really At inventing failed. a religion, they 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 did a terrible job. Yeah. That what they did a super job of was making sure no one under any circumstances ever gave up the real story. Yeah. So, if this is an invented religion, what they did manage to do was take a ridiculous religion that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense from their perspective yeah. mm-hmm. and then made sure that everyone who knew the truth was willing to die for what wasn't true, what they all knew wasn't true. And that's that would be impressive. Mm-hmm. No it one just, else has pulled that off. Yeah. It keeps pointing to the the truth of it and that, that this is actually what happened and you know, I mean, you've, you've all, all that you, you nailed it on the head, all that they would have had to do to verify that, um, this isn't the truth is produce the body. Right. Just, I mean, that's it. And that's not, that wouldn't have been hard to do. You, you have, you have a lot of people who wanted this to not be the case. Mm-hmm. So just get the body. Um, that doesn't help. We're, we're going to jump into this. This is what strikes me. So if the fact that this isn't invented, yeah, the fact that the, the only really good explanation that anyone's come up with yet is that there wasn't a body in the tomb. And the most rational explanation for that, given the claims that Jesus made and that others made, is that he was resurrected. Now, that's not common. None of us have that in our experience, so it feels irrational just because we've never seen it done. But that's, there's a lot of things I've not seen done that are done. There's a lot of things I've not seen that are still rational. Um, but here's the problem, and I really want to get y'all's thoughts on this. When that just means the significance of this event combined with the... Um, 
clarity of its truth that it happened of its existence just in, intimidates me every time I teach on Easter. I remember a few years ago, Pike Wisner and I, when we were preparing, we did a service on Easter and we called it, this changes everything. Yeah. And I think that's probably 11 or 12 years ago now. And then soon after that, like the next year, we were like, what do we call this Easter? And it was like, what else do you call it? This changes everything. Like that became <laughs> every year. That was our joke of going, what, what do you teach on Easter? How do you possibly download the significance of this to people? And so not so much, I want to get y'all's thoughts. Your, what is your mindset? John, when you're planning a, a worship set, when you're planning to lead your team mm -hmm. to lead people to worship, do you feel that sense of, okay, every Sunday is important, every Sunday is significant, but this is, this is Easter. This is Easter. We don't do cantatas here, no, which would probably really help you. We could start doing those in the future. No, it's fine. We don't, we don't have to. That's okay. <laughs> um, I got, I, yeah, no, we're, that's a different conversation for a different day. Um, yeah, I, and I, I feel it. You're right. I feel it every Sunday. Um, I feel the weight of that every Sunday, but Easter is Easter. Mm -hmm. Um, Easter there, there's, there's no, there's no hoops to jump through. We, we're straight up. We're, we are going to make the clearest, uh, um, not reference. We are we are going to make the clearest declaration of of what Jesus has done for us that we possibly can, and it's it's funny. I I in a lot of ways I feel the same thing that I do every every Sunday. In in that um, I was I can't remember who I was telling, and this is not flattering. So please forgive me. Um, the I feel like I, I feel like we're leading leading a horse to water. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially on Easter, like Easter, I have, I have more of a like desire to like shove the horse's head mm -hmm. down into the water a little bit. And you got to like stop yourself from doing that. Um, but you're, you're leading this horse to water and you're saying like, this is, this is what's going to help you survive. Please drink it. And you can't make anyone drink that water. Um, it's only the the spirit's um job in in all of our lives um and you know realizing that i'm also not drinking the water when he's put it right in front of me i think mm -hmm. that's that's probably the hardest thing inside of this gosh can't like i i feel like it's a barrel full of water yeah. every time i try to dig into easter it's oh yeah it's a fifty-gallon drum full of water. I'm well, trying to drink I mean, and then somehow describe. If, if it was, if, if it was the ocean, like mm -hmm. if, if if the ocean was drinkable, it's it's the this this is the truth that changes everything. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you put limits on that? Right. How do you say like, you know this this will actually change every single every single part of your life and your decision making and. And all of your motivation and and everything inside. I was I was talking to some guys about um, uh, addiction um, stuff and and talking about the uh, um, how your prefrontal cortex is is actually your you know the executive decision making. It's your reasoning center and all of that stuff. And most of the time, it's uh, <laughs> in 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 a lot of ways fighting against your limbic system, which is your fight or flight like. It's the things that you learn how to survive in your first five or six years of 
please, mm-hmm. please tell me if I'm getting any of this wrong. Sounds good know. so far. Okay. Um, that it, in so many ways, your, your limbic system is, uh, is telling you like to survive, you have to do these things and you have to, mm-hmm. um, act in this way, or you have to react this way to this thing that I'm not even sure what that is. And your prefrontal cortex is like, that's not a snake. That's a stick. Mm-hmm. Like calm down. Anxiety is not what you need right now. Adrenaline is not what you need right now. You need to calm down. And it's like in the gospel, we're trying to take all of that limbic system over um, in in our spiritual lives, in our well, in our everyday lives as well, and say like the things that you learned about the way things are. Mm-hmm. That's not the way things are. That's you've, you've been, you've been lied to and sometimes by your own senses. And, and in order to, uh, allow this, um, to change you, um, you have to not only, um, relearn, uh, some things that, 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 you know, we would say are pretty, um, pretty big truths that, you know, are, are, are in a lot of ways theoretical in our minds. You have to relearn like elementary truths as well um, about what is important. You know, most of the uh, Sermon on the Mount is about this shift in, you know, in the kingdom of God, it's actually like this mm-hmm. and it's turned on its head. Um, and, you know, uh, the, the, the resurrection makes all of that the truth. Mm-hmm like verifiably the truth. That's what I think. Yeah. I was trying to even think back to like, when I, when I preached in John 20, when we did that here, um, yeah. uh, and, and even just that, that weight of knowing that we, that everything hinges on this. I mean, that's what, that's what the apostle Paul says in first Corinthians 15, when he is talking about, Christ's resurrection of the dead. And he says, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Mm-hmm. He concludes with this idea of in Christ, we have hope in this life only. Um, and if, if that didn't happen, then we of all people must be pitied because we're right. doing it wrong. Um, but the one that I think that just, that truly gets me is this concept of, and if in verse 17 of, of first Corinthians 15, it says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Yep. Mm. That's that's what's on the line if this resurrection didn't happen. Right. Now, we know, and we talked about this earlier this week, we know that Christ has been raised, our faith is not futile, but then I'm always convicted with that last line, so then why am I still in my sin? Mm-hmm. It's like I, I understand how this logic plays out if he wasn't uh, resurrected, but now to say, well, he was resurrected and how does my own life reflect that? And so I always feel like there is a little bit of a celebratory fact and a somber fact that's always yeah. mixed in with with even Easter. For sure. When you talked about yesterday at staff, when you talked about the idea of hope mm-hmm. being that realized faith, or not the, the unrealized faith mm-hmm. is hope, the future, the faith in the future. So that's a, I think that fits in very much so with that is, this is a this is a thing that is done, and now engage realizing it mm-hmm. is a lifelong process, but it never seems to happen enough, yeah. fast enough, 
deeply enough, whatever the enough is. Um, and we know that it won't, and Paul even describes some of that there, but the, that's still, there's still something very powerful in the idea of living out the, that we are, that we still have this sin, we're not, I don't know, owned by it, we're not, mm-hmm. you know, slaves to it, we're not whatever, but yeah, that's, that's so much of this. I mean, everything, again, this changes, everything is wrapped up in this resurrection. If there is a right. resurrection, then we have hope. Mm-hmm. If there is no resurrection, then none of the other aspects of Christian theology are wrong. We are separated from God. We are rebels. You mean all of the offensive. other? Yeah, sorry. N- none of them are wrong. None of them are right. No, no, they're, none of them are wrong. We're still we're still found, we're in, our found sin. in our sins. Sorry, I, I misheard what you said. <laughs> I may have missaid it. So it's a we're, we are we still are rebels of God. Yeah. Like everything else about Christian theology is right, except. There's all kinds of bad news. The bad news is still true. Oh, I see what you're saying now. But there's no yeah. good news. There's it's just all all of the bad news is true. I I I was I was coming at it from a the Christian theology that says that when we believe in Christ, no, we we are no longer these things. There's nothing to believe in. There's nothing to believe in. Yeah, so you can believe in Jesus Christ. He's yeah, just a dead man. Good. Yeah, you believe in a dead man. I mean, it's that's it. Who apparently wasn't the son of God, who apparently has no power over sin and death, who has no ability to judge righteously. I mean, all of the things that we depend on. Did not even come close to rebuilding the temple in three days. No, right. And again, that's what 1 Corinthians 15. Yep. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified testified about God that he raised Christ. Yep. So now we are blasphemers. Yep. Yep. Even worse. So we're worse. Mm -hmm. It'd been better if we were just ignorant in our misunderstanding now we are proclaiming something yeah that's that is all all our easter eggs are in one basket and those <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> oh my gosh since we're talking easter since we're talking really matters since we're talking easter and you know <clears throat> hoping your kids have had a chance to have an easter egg hunt if they uh needed to or wanted to and that the uh if they haven't gotten to that in the next couple of days they'll be able to and um however quarantined that needs to be exactly right but um, yeah, this is what we put all of our hope in, and the good news is that it is true. It is true, um, and we get to celebrate that together um, this Sunday, and we're looking forward to it. So, thank you for joining us. Um, we uh, look forward to seeing you on Sunday, um, and we will catch you in the next episode.